my screws loose, then I stripped the bolts on them. Should have never sent them to pick up the work for them. Sprayed the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in a rush, they was Hello, all hello, and welcome to another edition of Chuddy's Corner. I'm your host, Ben Handler, a.k.a. King Chuddy. Folks, we are coming to you live at about 11.09 p.m. on the East Coast. The first game of this 82-game Boston Celtics season just wrapped up with an ugly but ultimately impressive 108-104 win over the New York Knicks. Joining me to recap the game, as will be the case all year, is old friend of the pod, recurring and new-to-be regular guest, Douglas Dugouts. Dugouts. What's going on? Good to be on? here. Good to be here, Chud. It's good to have you. Happy Excited about this. Absolutely. So we do have a lot to discuss. We're we're chomping at the bit to get into this game, break it down for you. We're each going to give you our key takeaways. We'll spitball back and forth our main three takes from the game, diving into everything we watched along the way, break it down in a nice, clean format for you. Before we dive into it, I want to remind everyone, of course, to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts. Search Chuddy's Corner. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. Write a review. You can interact with us on Twitter. At Chuddy's Corner is the show. I'm at King Chuddy. And Dugouts is at Doug underscore outs. That's D-O-U-G underscore outs. And, as always, you can find everything blog, pod-related on nickperino.com, which is also your home for all your real team needs. Nick is snuggling in bed right now. I'm sure somewhat happily that the Celtics were able to pull this off, but we are going to rip through this without one. So, as I mentioned, we are going to start with our segment of kind of takeoffs as we will rifle back and forth our three main takeaways from the game we just watched. Again, the Celtics 108, Knicks 104, gritty win in the opener in Madison Square Garden. Dugouts, I'll let you rip it off. What's your right. first take? All right, so I think the first take, um, pretty got to be pretty obvious. Uh, Porzingis seems like might be the real deal. I know, uh, I think you and I were pretty similar um, at first when that trade happened. We were pretty shocked about it. I've been saying all week, though, watching the preseason, it was almost uh, a little therapeutic, letting some of those wounds sort of heal, um, seeing that team play together. Um, again, so just seeing him play tonight, uh, it's pretty impressive what the guy can do uh, defensively, uh, shooting-wise. Uh, he definitely went a little bit quiet. He had a good good first quarter. Um, went a little bit quiet, but showed up again in the fourth. I think even when the offense wasn't there throughout the game, uh, he was still he was still being involved. He was making guys adjust their shots and things like that. Uh, he was playing, you know, with some with some toughness too. Got into it um, with that. Uh, Frankenstein guy. We'll get into him a little bit later. <laughs> <In his favorite. laughs> player. But uh, I, I think that it's it was pretty impressive. He hit a big shot too. The crowd's chanting, you know, fuck Porzingis. Uh, and, you know, to kind of respond that way, uh, it's definitely something that's pretty exciting to uh, to see. I mean, 30, 30, we have 30 or 30 points. points. 30, 30 points. Yeah. Most it's ever by a Celtic in their debut. Yeah. Exactly, most in the day. Hit the game winner, yeah, like you said. So, uh, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty big balls moment for Porzingis. Obviously, I knew he was a good player. My issue is always my issue still is, I guess, being healthy. Right. If he's if he's healthy, like I said, my mind has been able to be a little bit cleared <laughs> uh, after Definitely. that trade. It's still it still stings, but I think that the case can be obviously made now that like the ceiling is probably higher now. 
you could say the risk is a little bit higher too, but yeah. um, it was great to watch him. I don't know what, yeah. what you think about Porzingis. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to watch that performance and <laughs> come away with anything other than great feelings. But, I mean, I, that's obviously, like you said, it's one game sample size. We saw basically all of the upside on display. And, I mean, what what I've been talking about on the pod all, all off season is that I think – at the end of the day, the ceiling of the team is probably higher and the floor is probably lower, as you just alluded to. We saw basically the ceiling of Porzingis. I mean, it was all on display tonight. That quick release, burying threes. I mean, we've had stretch bigs. Al Horford is a stretch big, but he's not like a sharpshooter the way Porzingis. He's out there hunting threes. He shot five of nine. And I mean, that that release for a guy that tall, a couple of them were a couple feet beyond the line. I mean, that it's just an element on offense that we have not had from a big guy. And I think as the season goes on and they figure out how to use him and how to play off him more, it'll only get better. I'm not saying he's going to have 30 points every night, but uh, to see him step in like that, (laughs) I mean, he might. Yeah. But to see him step in in his first game like that was awesome. And I mean, especially one of the knocks on him has been like, is he tough? Is he built for those big moments? Well, I mean, like you just mentioned, going up against the team that drafted him, a team where there is some bad blood from the way he left, and like you said, they're chanting, fuck Porzingis in crunch time, and he looked like he actually rose to the occasion. He came out, he hit a huge shot, he was fired up. So, um, I mean, he hasn't played in any a lot of meaningful games, so that'll be something to monitor. Um, yeah. But, I mean, again, like you said, I think we all knew what the upside of Porzingis could look like, and we saw it, so as long as he's healthy and it's all going well, it's going to be great. Um, but I mean, again, we kind of saw the lack of depth behind him. So if he sprains an ankle or something, then we'll obviously start <laughs> to see the downside. Minutes. So until then all's good. And yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we pretty much saw the, the whole package. He blocked four shots. I think he pulled down eight rebounds. Um, again, I mean, the Knicks don't really have a big guy who could actually take it to him and punish him in the post. I mean, Mitchell Robinson is, is a good post player, but he's not that guy. Your favorite player, Hartenstein, was down there battling with him. But, I mean, we'll see what happens when the Celtics face, you know, a true competitor in the East with a Giannis-Brooke Lopez combo with Joel Embiid, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get over my skis for one game, but his, for a debut, I mean, it couldn't have gone much better. He had one three, Took that was like – Steph Curry range like is that like is he oh yeah is that no, just ridiculous will, I feel no, no, like no. that's that's his game. He will pull from from anywhere. I mean he he he'll do that little step back pump fake has he step back. I mean he he plays like a guard and I mean when it works it looks good. But I think you know part of the issue again with what how we got rid of Robin Grant is now. At times, it felt like we he's almost more of like a big outside player. And, and that's the question is, are we lacking kind of that true interior post presence that brings along that toughness and physicality? So, yeah. again, we didn't we super need it tonight. Hmm? I think there was definitely some of that. Like, I feel like he was always yeah. kind of down banging. It. He wasn't coming down, especially in some points of the fourth. They couldn't get a rebound to save their lives. And that was definitely hurting us. But yeah. it, it no, he like came up with that huge rebound. Which you... with, uh, he got the technical on that rebound, but that was a huge But he's now banging those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, I mean, if he brought that element to the table, he'd be one of the best players in the league, and we wouldn't have been able to yeah. acquire him. So <laughs> it kind of goes both ways, I guess. But, like yeah. I said, we'll, uh, okay. great start, small sample size. We'll, well, I'm curious to see how it plays out in some different matchups. Yeah, that, so that's my first take. Uh, I'll move on. I mean, yeah, especially just Porzingis. I'm, I'm, I'm already – I've moved on. I'm a believer. I'm in on it now. <laughs> uh I reserve the right to say I told you so if something goes wrong, but I don't, I don't, I'm not banking on that. I want good things to happen. Um, of so course. far, it good. So if you want to get on uh, your first take, unless you have anything more to Definitely. add about you. Well, no, I think that's year. it, but I just want to be clear, too. Like you 
said also, like, it wasn't really a lack of belief in Porzingis, the player. It's the first game. He should be fresh and healthy and look good, which has always been the case. It's been durability, stamina, ability to stay on the court, and what happens when he plays, you know, teams that can attack him a little better. So, for now, great, but it's like, again, I, I was never doubted that he was capable of doing this. It's can he do it over the course of an 82-game season and then yeah. through a long playoff run, which he has never done before. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. Crossed. Yes. I mean, uh, hopefully it'll be a lighter load than he's used to where, you know, he's not the main guy and not even the second main guy. So hopefully that'll help him to kind of stay fresh. But uh, again, the early returns couldn't be much happier. Yeah. All right. So take two. Yes. Uh, my first takeaway. And again, again, not a super scorching hot take, but I think it was not super out in the open. And that's that the Tatum MVP time it's, it's here. I mean, he, looked like that guy, yeah. not just the way he played, but the way he handled himself, the way he took over, the way he just, you know, it was Tatum, even as good as Porzingis was, it was Tatum and everyone else. Um, and, I mean, he was a clear step above everyone else. He was so decisive with getting to the rim. He was hitting shots. He was getting into the mid-range. The mid-range is something that's been kind of disappeared from his games, which, I mean, at times it's, it's easy to say you just want threes and to drive to the hoop. But when he doesn't get the call and threes and – wasn't falling. It, it was kind of hard for him to stay consistent. He would disappear in stretches. Well, that really wasn't the case tonight. He was, he was scoring, scoring at all, all three levels. Plays. Yeah, he was staying yeah. aggressive, scoring at all three levels, making plays. I mean, a few amazing passes. He, he was our leading rebounder with 11 rebounds, which, I mean, is another thing that with the moves we've made, we're going to need him to rebound uh, a lot. But he's more than up to the task. He's almost like a true power forward out there. It seems like no matter who he's playing with, it's like, at times, it seems like he's the closest we have to a post presence down there. He so looks I just, bigger too. He, like every he is. I, I mean, he, like he definitely like is. He's getting bigger. Yeah, he's like seven four, three twenty now, all muscle. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I mean, that like again, I mean, this isn't a scorching hot take. I think he had the fourth best odds going into the season, but I think there were still some people who doubted if he could really get to that level. But um, I mean, the way he played tonight looked like he's he's a man on posi- on a mission. He gets it now. He is ready to lead this team and to win. Um, he did his part absolutely. So, again, not the hottest take in the world, but I think it's pretty clear he is in that mix now of the top guys, and he's there to stay. Yeah. No, I, that that's like I was. I got a text from a buddy of mine during the game, and I said the same thing that um, we're looking like the actual MVP candidate. I know last year, um, you know, there was a few a few stretches where it looked like it, but uh, you know, he was scoring everywhere. He was getting down low. He was having some shots, like some of those fadeaway shots. It looks a lot. It's like it's like Kobe Bryant, which I know will get some people to like make the joke about the <laughs> texting his boy before the game. Uh, you know, that's a fair. <laughs> joke to make, but in all reality, some of those uh, some of those moves, like the, that mid range stuff, is just pretty pretty lethal. Yeah, uh, he had that one three pointer too, like falling into the bench uh, in the corner. That I just feel like those are the kind of shots that you see like the best players in the league like make. So oh, right, he's been he's been floating right around that area. I think we'll kind of see it now. Uh, one thing I pointed out to you for I'd say the first three quarters was it felt like he wasn't complaining as much to the refs. I'm like that kind of. I feel like there was a point in the fourth quarter where the whole team sort of just like it was like a Groundhog's Day, like we're going back to like <laughs> May Definitely. of 2023. But I feel like they kind of snapped out of it uh, and sort of showed up when they needed to show up. Uh, he mm. had the big inbounding play. I know an inbounding play isn't that exciting, but um, <laughs> that was pretty big at that point to get that in there. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of good players in the league right now, but I think that. Uh, this will be the year where I think he's going to can actually make a pretty good case for it. I saw some stat. He's like, 
the only player to improve on like points, assists, and rebounds all their first six years. Yeah. So he averaged thirty points last year. So highest in Celtics higher. history. Yeah. So to go even <laughs> higher, I mean, it's going to be right. pretty hard to deny uh, him that yeah. unless some, someone else just goes like nuclear on the league, which. No, right. Could have, I suppose. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's like a lock to win it or anything, but I think there, I think there was a little bit of doubt as to whether he was like a true, true candidate, and I, yeah. I think there's really no question after just watching the way he played. And like yeah. you said, and I think the league's that, pushing him too to be a little bit more of like a face of the league. Sure. They had like their commercial with everybody like running around, and he's like the first player that pops up. Definitely. So. And like well, that, it is that's part of it too. That's kind of that's part a of huge part that. of it. Yeah. And that's another thing I was going to say. Where I'll, at the end of the day, like. Well, like it or not, a lot of it kind of does come down to narrative. And if you think about it, you look at the other guys like Jokic, the obvious guy, but he's already won two. He couldn't make it any more clear that he doesn't care about winning it. Embiid, after last year's playoffs, like he's never winning it again, no matter what he does. Uh, Giannis, I mean, he's got Dame there now, like kind of a two-headed monster. So I think it'll be tougher for him to get it. Um, And then Luka, I don't think his team's going to be good enough. Like, I just think the opportunity is really good. Yeah, Wem- yes, you could have Wemby, that's true. But I just think the the overall narrative is shaping up really nicely. If the Celtics are as good as people think they can be, if they get the one seed and there's no other, you know, kind of clear and obvious guy, it could yeah. very realistically become a Tatum MVP. And also, you said how they kind of were, like, reverting to that old end-of-game offense where they just pass to nowhere, dribble, and yeah. then just force a shot, which is bad. Um, but... They did close it out, I think, an 8-2 run to close it after they lost the lead. They came back, got the stops, played good decisive offense. And Tatum, as he's used to, was getting blitzed with doubles every time. He had the one bad turnover. But other than that, he was making the right pass. He made a beautiful bounce pass to Przingis that set up that great look for a game-winning three. So, um, you know, that's all part of the development. But yeah, he, looked, that- he looked like a MVP out there to me. Yeah, and that's a big change too. I know we're talking mostly the take is mostly about Tatum, but your point there, the eight to two down the stretch, uh, it did like as much as it felt like last year. You didn't see they didn't kind of just turtle and go away, which was obviously yeah. good to see. Um, you know, a lot of that was Porzingis is shooting there at the end and whatnot. But the whole team, you know, they just didn't have that kind of like mopey kind of bullshit that you would see. Um, a lot, a lot less of like the complaining and like more like just kind of focusing. Yeah. Again the no, I mean, they seem they seemed calm in that huddle, even down six. They seemed yeah. calm and confident, and they came out and executed. Yeah, exactly. So it's definitely good. And obviously, I think most of that would obviously go towards towards Tatum too. So, mm-hmm. um, do you have anything else on the Tatum, or should I get on to my? Uh... <laughs> no, I mean I think we all get it with Tatum. I just wanted to acknowledge how right. how good he looked, and that even as good as we all know he is, he looked like he has taken another step and is ready to go up another level. So, yeah, yeah that's that's about it, and it's obviously great to see. So, yeah, what's your second take? So my second take. Okay, so the first two were pretty much obvious. Like you couldn't have the show without <laughs> talking about Porzingis and Tatum. So this one is it's a little bit off the beaten path here, but uh, the flopping technical rule. Uh, that's just going to be super entertaining and possibly the most infuriating type of thing uh, in in the league. They called it on uh, Porzingis. Uh, they called it like 20 seconds after the fact, too. And <laughs> in a, a, a pretty big point of the game and in the fourth quarter, too. So, um, you know, you and I were watching the game together. You pointed out that it's almost like the league, like, told the refs that in my commercial <laughs> break, like, did you forget about this rule? Because, you know, I understand when there's a new rule, they want to, like, drill that shit in and make it obvious but the, the fact that they waited till i think i might have written it down i think it was like six minutes it was like left seven yeah six or seven minutes six or seven left, minutes left in the fourth 
<laughs> Almost, I think it might have been two possessions in a row. And then they, and then you know, they did sort of give a makeup one on the other end with with Brunson, which that one, you know, that one didn't seem as much of a flaw. Maybe a bit of an that was a weird one. On that was feet. a yeah, that was Brunson that was been a shooting and landed on Tatum's shoe. Before. Right? Yeah. But, no, I mean, and he kind of sold the 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 contact or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, yeah, it just seemed very inconsistent like you said they go three and a half quarters there's no flops and then there's two within like two possessions seems <laughs> yeah like and then no more think in the first quarter like first two minutes just quick do do couple technicals right um, it is interesting too that those technicals don't count against the player that's going to make that, it kind of interesting so it really is just crazy. like a team thing if you're down like 20 yeah. or something you can just give away a point get as many technicals i do want to know if that, those technicals like I'm assuming that means they don't count towards uh, I don't like a know. suspension or anything like right. that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then the other thing I got to find out. I'm I think it's like a delay of game tactical. Yeah, I'm not in one of these leagues, but I know there's like some fantasy. League, it's like technical fouls only, so <laughs> that could be that could. I don't know if that's going to pivot that or anything. Yeah. Like that, but the it sharps just, will, it was will just, target floppers. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be dropping a lot of floppers with that. But <laughs> it's interesting. I hope that it's I hope that it's just something they're gonna do early, and the players will adjust. They don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, when in really crucial kind of games, again, I don't want to see it in the fourth quarter. But it was just kind of like a funny, uh, just it was, yeah. you know, within like a minute. Right. Um, they just called two of them and, and you know, letting the, they let the play play on to with the, with the, well, team. I mean, I like that. Yeah. Waiting right. until yeah, the advantage was, was over. Too, yeah. Uh, overall. Yeah. That one, there's not a whole lot to that take, but it's just, I think that's just going to be pretty entertaining. I think there's going to be, I didn't yeah. see, um, all of the, the Nuggets Lakers game last night, but did anyone get called with that last night? I didn't did see it? any in the two games last night. I saw, I, I yeah. think I've been, you know, trying to keep up with the other games. I've seen two others called around the league, but I, it doesn't seem like it's a ton, which I don't know. It seems, it seems kind of weird and arbitrary. And the two plays that happened on in the Celtics game, I didn't think were like egregious flops. Yeah, no. Which, yeah. I didn't, I didn't think so either, but it, so. it'll be interesting to see um, certain players reactions to that. Uh, definitely will be, be interesting. I mean, like you said, fun, there will be some, watch. some humorous moments. I think the, I got my eyes with... on Chris Paul. I got my eyes on LeBron. <laughs> yeah, um, no, is... hero Marcus Smart. Oh, a lot of guys. Pretty interesting. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting candidates for sure. There will be some fun stuff with that. I think the thing to me is like I obviously get what the NBA is doing, and I think everyone likes the idea of trying to get rid of flopping. But at the end of the day, like I'm not sure putting one more kind of objective in the moment judgment decision into the ref's hands who like already <laughs> suck at everything. Now they're like, they already get Very fooled by flops and call them wrong. Now they're supposed to be <laughs> analyzing flops in real time. Right. It's like, almost like, like, so you've been able to tell what was a flop this whole time. Right. Um, if they can already you, tell, yeah. then why are they not already just like not calling it? Yeah. yeah. You so, could just not call the flop. If you can tell right. it was a flop, you it, could just, not yeah, it almost seems like something where the league it should be more like upon review, the league reviews it after the game when it's obvious and then assesses fines or like whatever. I I don't know. There's probably no perfect way to do it, but like you said, it's yeah. gonna be funny, especially if there's one ref who's like just calling like twenty a game. Yeah. Like oh, every yeah. every guy goes down it's a flop be... tag. Yeah. We're gonna need to find someone or assign game. someone to be in charge of keeping that stat or something for their yeah. show. No, that'll um, that'll definitely be something fun to monitor though. Yeah, who's like a, almost like a Scott Foster of like the flops type thing. But that's it for that one. I don't. We don't need to go too long on the, the flopping. <laughs> yeah. But I just did like you know that's going to make for some pretty uh, entertaining reactions at least at least out of a few uh, of the league players. So uh, your <laughs> second take, what do you got? Definitely. Uh, my second take is just that the depth and the bench is uh, going to be an issue. 
which I think we knew going in as we, yeah. you know, went with a more top-heavy roster, and we figured, you know, we've got six studs, the rest will figure it out. But um, I think they had two points in the first half off the bench, and it was on an Al Horford dunk. Um, Horford looked good in moments. It felt like he played less than the 25 minutes he actually played, um, which, I mean, isn't a ton, but didn't feel like he was super involved. Pritchard obviously hit two huge free throws at the end of the game to seal it that he went in for. But other than that, he had a couple hustle plays, but he missed his shots. Hauser played, I thought, fine, but missed his shots. But, I mean, as good as our top five or six guys are, it's going to be really hard, especially over the course of a long season, if we're getting so little from the bench. And, I mean, again, it's I don't want to overreact to one game before this and based on the preseason and kind of everything else. Well, I'm feeling okay about it. We get our hot seat. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, we can only we only have one game have to base the tape on. If like great in Miami, then yes, we're the best right. bench in the league. The yes, ball. right. But um, I think, I mean, everyone thought, you know, depth could be the issue. And based on one game, I think it's – definitely still an issue i mean the the third big situation again Cornette is like shaky and that's scary and that's with both guys healthy we know al's gonna sit games by design we know i mean the chances of him and porzingis each playing over 70 games is like really slim so yeah. even in a good health year we're gonna need a lot from those bench guys and uh based on one night i mean that could be a little bit dicey they were there they'll they'll find rhythms they'll find ways to mix and match them and i mean those guys are good shooters i don't think hauser and pritchard are just not going to hit shots but um it's definitely a little concerning to, to look at it and see kind of how little is available and how many how few buttons there are for joe to press after the, the top few guys yeah yeah no i think uh some of the stuff we talked about during the game i think uh there was just a lot of moments where it's like pritchard and hauser you know i'm sort of still thinking about last year where it's like they would play limited minutes and it's like if you're gonna be out there you gotta hit those shots or sit them out, but now it's like we don't really have right. that option to sit yeah. them out. They're gonna have to hit them, I think. Right. Uh, we can't play the Jays forty minutes a night all season. Like, that's yeah, just exactly. Not... So they, they're gonna have to kind of step it up again. I don't want to overreact. They did both no. look really good in preseason, and they didn't uh, even again. Other than missing the shots, they didn't look bad. Like the Celtics actually went on a nice run in the, at the end of the third. Like they dropped the rope, let the Knicks, I think, get all the way back to tie it after a twelve point lead short just into the third, and then yeah. Tatum went to the bench. And I think Hauser um, and a few of those other bench guys came in, and the Celtics went on a nice run. So it wasn't like yeah. they didn't play well. I just think over the course of a whole season, it's going to be, you know, they're going to miss, like, a 20-point-a-game Malcolm. Like, who off the bench is going to come in and give you a random 25 or, what, you know, just I would think even 15? probably our best. I think yeah. offensively he's probably the best, biggest threat. But he's going to have to be. As long as, as long as they can play well defensively, too, I think we can kind of hold the line. Um, mm-hmm. If we're building leads mm-hmm. against teams, hopefully they don't let it go. We right. mentioned too. It's kind of funny. A lot of players, a lot of players, seem to want to like seek them out, um, and it doesn't always turn out too well for those guys. Right. So, but they're not. They're not like elite premier defenders either. So there's going to be no. times when I think that the bench is going to be pretty frustrating. Um, yeah, and I don't and even. The, I'm not. I don't think Cornette even played in the second playing. half. I think it was just um, Pritchard, Hauser, and Al were the only guys who even played in the second half. Al's the only one I think on the bench who even played over 13 minutes. So again, I mean, that's the benefit of having like six starters. You can kind of make it work with mostly those guys. Um, but I also think, if anything, it could be a reason that they might want to switch the starting lineup, get Al in there, so they do have a little more offensive spark with a Holiday or a Derek White coming off the bench. Um, might yeah. make more sense, especially as most teams do kind of start big. Um, but again, we got a long time to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, and it like the whoever's in now down the fourth quarter is really the more important thing. So. Um, of course, yeah, the closing lineup. I think that's got to be the lineup down the stretch who we had out there to start. Right, but, yeah, because that's how they closed tonight with Al on the yeah. bench. But I wouldn't mind starting him just to kind of 
get more uh, firepower when we do go to the bench and when Tatum is sitting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we knew depth would be the concern, and uh, no surprises there. So, again, not a scorching hot take, but hard not to notice that. So uh, what's what's your third and final All take? Right. My third one, again, I, I mean, it's kind of a little more on the lighthearted side. That, um, you're gonna <laughs> oh, there's nothing lighthearted when... about it. Well, actually, it's not. I, I <laughs> hate the guy. It's actually pretty, like, heavily hearted. Um, you're going to tell me his real name, but whatever that Frankenstein-looking guy, go ahead. What was <laughs> Isaiah Hartenstein. Isaiah Hart Harden Hardenstein? Hardenstein, yes. Hardenstein? Like okay. Hartenstein. Stein. Hartenstein. Well, all right. So that guy can fuck himself. Uh, yeah. I, want, I mean, he's one of those guys. If he was on my team, I would probably absolutely love him. He's, he yeah. seems like a bit of a dog, but um, <laughs> I didn't uh, – he got, he's got a little bit of that Steven Adams in him. Uh, there was that moment where he sort of squared off with Jalen. Uh, I love Jalen, but I don't think that Jalen probably wants any part of whatever that guy would have, would have been dishing no, out. I don't think many uh, guys do. But then, and then he flops with Porzingis with the, mm. the elbow mm. thing at him. Um, he just looks like Frankenstein. Looks like he was made in a lab. Sounds uh, like he told me earlier that he was. He's been with the Knicks for a while. I thought he was. He's on the Knicks good. last year. He's on the Clippers before. Yeah. So. I feel like we're gonna play the Knicks a lot this year. Well, I don't. I know we are, and I feel like I'm gonna fucking just end up hating that guy. I'm not gonna be a fan. Um, he's gonna be one of those. He's gonna be probably a good villain for New York. Um, but just yeah, just an overall just hateable guy, uh, and just the fact that his last name is Stein and he looks like Frankenstein. Um, it really just kind of works all out in the end there. Um, again, just. That's really all on that take. I don't <laughs> yeah. cover most of the stuff, but I just, I fucking hate that Frankenstein guy. I'm, I'm probably never going to call him his, his actual name again. So that's fair. Forever, sort of forever be dubbed as that. So <laughs> it'll be exciting, some exciting battles, but he's a big dude. He's a guy we're probably yeah. going to have to prepare for, especially like you said, with the, with the lack of depth as a big, but mm-hmm. um, it's going to be, I think a lot of fun kind of just rooting against that guy and just trying to uh, find as many ways to insult him as I can. <laughs> Definitely fair. Um, and I mean, I think the way you put it is perfect. He's the, the epitome of the guy that if he's on your team, you, you absolutely love him. I'm sure he's a fan favorite for the Knicks, but if every other team, you absolutely hate him and you hate playing against him kind of because you begrudgingly respect him um, and yeah. the way he plays. Like you said, he's just tough. He's a bruiser. He doesn't quit. Um, he's a guy who I, I'm sure at one point when a couple years ago before, before the Knicks signed him, I advocated on this very podcast for the Celtics to sign him. I would love to have him as our third big man right now. We'd Get an intern on it. I want to find that episode. <laughs> Get the intern out We're there. We're going into the archives. I, I can assure you I brought his name up May, probably more than once on this uh, episode. I thought he would be a great, a great fit on the low, and you could see why tonight. But, um, yeah, and, I mean, again, going back to what I mentioned kind of with the depth and especially with the lack of, like, true big men, you saw a guy like Hartenstein who was just fighting down there battling. And I mean, the Knicks had 17 offensive rebounds, 20 points off turnovers. They were able to attempt 20 more field goals than us. I know they shot well on the three, but that's mainly the reason they were in the game. If they didn't miss 12 free throws, they probably win that game. And a lot of that is because of a guy like Hartenstein down low, hustling, creating extra shots, doing the little things that are infuriating us as Celtics fans. But, um, you know, just again, guy who works his ass off that hard is uh, easy yeah. easy to become an enemy uh, for if easy we play to be him a, a lot. Factory for him. Yeah, and I mean they had him in there over Mitchell Robinson down the stretch because and he, he earned it the way he was playing. Like he's just yeah. a dog. All right. Uh, so your your third and final take. What do you got? Yeah. So my last take is uh, it's basically just to tell Celtics fans, you know relax and and be patient don't overreact to maybe some negative stuff about this 
I think people forget how important chemistry and longevity are. This is the first game that this group has played together. I know, obviously, some of these guys have been together, but other than Tatum, pretty much everyone else's role changed dramatically. And obviously, you've got Holiday and Porzingis, who are completely new to the team. Al coming off the bench for his first time ever with the Celtics. Um, Brown taking on, you know, a, a much different role, as well as White. Holiday trying to fit in. So, I know we kind of. I think we saw glimpses of how good this team can be, and then we saw moments where it seemed like they were all kind of like, "Oh, should I? You know, should I? I don't want to step on your toes. Is it, is it my turn to go?" I mean, Brown is gonna. Everyone's gonna kind of say Brown had an awful game, but I think you know he might is arguably the guy who's probably asked to sacrifice the most. It wasn't and, a great game, but no, I it get, wasn't a great I get game. Your point, but but it's not. He's not used to kind of playing that role. They they didn't really seem to run almost any actions for him. I mean, a few times he kind of ended up with the ball at the end of the shot clock. But at the end of the day, he did find ways to contribute. He had six rebounds. He was their leading assister with five. He had a couple of really nice passes. He did have a couple of bad turnovers. But I mean, yeah. again, I don't want to react to one game. I'm sure he knows this too, and is probably trying he, a little too hard to like fit in. So my also, take really is just that it's going to take this team a while to gel and to fit in, and we probably won't really see the best version until probably around halfway through the season or so. Yeah, and not and not to pile on Jalen. I just feel like what Jalen, the things that Jalen did bad. Were the things that like everyone's gonna notice? Like you just mentioned, <laughs> yes. Like I yeah. didn't even realize he had an that awful he had. pass. He had an egregious we, pass, we but he only had two turnovers. Assists, we didn't have a lot of assists, but I didn't realize right. he was the leader. But he mm. just kind of does the. He'll do the things, and there's already a microscope on him anyway because of the contract and, and sort of yeah. the way things went in the playoffs last year. But right. he didn't have a great game. But to your point, um, it wasn't nece- it wasn't necessarily like a horrible game, I guess. But with the stats right. you just told me, but it, it's the stuff that like if you're just sort of watching. The right. game, you're kind of getting frustrated. It's noticeable, that. right? And I mean, again, but if he hits, if he hits two more threes that he missed, it looks like a f- totally fine game. But I mean, again, I think hopefully the contract helps him feel like he doesn't have to go out and like prove himself every night. Um, hopefully, he can can kind of find his role on this team. Where realistically, last year he probably was tasked with doing a little too much, where it was basically a two man show on offense. He he shouldn't have to play make that much. He shouldn't have to create that much. He can focus on the things he excels at, which are, you know, running the floor, getting out in transition, attacking the basket, moving off the ball, getting looks. Um, he's just, he's going to be just fine. And I mean the same, not just Jalen. I mean, a holiday looks kind of out of place out there too. Like he was just trying so hard to fit in and kind of find his spots. Um, there were times where it felt like he was, you know, just Marcus Smart with a different hair. A little there. bit like, I don't know what I'm, where, like, right, he, which he just got here. I mean, he's he exactly, and I mean, he's essentially been the number two on the box, and in a way that you know, Giannis isn't like a primary guy. So, Holiday's been used to being kind of almost the primary guy, especially with Middleton being out and not himself for so long. So, it's a major adjustment for him. Like I said, other than obviously Tatum, everyone's kind of sacrificing and playing in a much smaller role than they're used to. So, you know, tonight was kind of Porzingis's night as the second guy, but. I'm sure that'll change. Um, I mean, Derek White had a terrible first half, too. It seemed like he was kind of struggling to find himself. He also had very quick foul trouble. He had a much better second half. But same thing. I think it'll take these guys a while to kind of figure out how to make it work. And, you know, they're all committed to it. They all just want to win. So I think eventually it'll prevail and they'll find it. And like I said, it was last year and the last few years, it seemed like it was Brown and Tatum we're scoring all the points and any, if anyone else got to even like 20, it was a miracle. Now, again, we saw Porzingis had 30 tonight. Brown could have 30 on Friday. It could be holiday having 30 the next game. Derek White's going to have his moments. Like it's just, I mean, it's a good thing. And so I don't want people again to freak out and get frustrated. Oh, Brown only had 11 points. Oh my God. Holiday only blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
no, this is why we wanted to get like these studs so that if last year, if Brown has a game where he scores 11 points, like we're probably not winning. <laughs> so yeah. you yeah, can spin it in that way too. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, We've diversified can, the offense. That can score and take over. If one guy has a shit game, then right. we're not so, totally sunk with that kind of thing. Right. So. so I think what a lot of people right now are probably looking at some horrible negative you could actually spin is probably a good thing in the long run when, you know, he's going to have bad games and teams are going to take him away. Before and that happened in a playoff game or series, that basically meant we are fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Now we yeah. can overcome it, or at least try to. All right. So. No, good take. Good warning, I think, for fans. There's definitely... Uh, definitely a pretty reactionary fan base. Um, yeah. You know, but overall, it's a win. A good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, beat a, a, we beat a, it's a, a playoff a team. We beat us. Yeah. The Knicks always play us tough. So, and the Knicks are good. The Knicks won a playoff series last year. They dominated the Cavs. They were one of the final four teams in the East. So, <laughs> hey, the Cavs are going to oh, be the third or fourth yeah. best team in the East. They, they beat the top four team. No, I know. On they're, the they're all right. They're no, I know. When we didn't I'm play just that being well. Yeah. I, think I mean, the, I know. Knicks, the Knicks are just like they're, they're just the Knicks. I don't know. They, they they, that's just what they, you know. They're, yeah, they're they're but, all right. But, but. The, the that is what they are. They're a team that's a fucking pain in the ass in the regular season, right. clawing at your ankles and yeah. <laughs> at you, and you know, it's, yeah. it's never going to be easy. Antidote to what we like to do. So. Exactly, and in years past, a less tougher team would have folded, and that Knicks team would have beat us. And so. Yeah. Finding the positives, but yeah, any, um, those are our, each of our three takes, anything about this game you feel like we missed or just has to be mentioned? I just, uh, probably not, definitely doesn't have to be mentioned. I had a few (laughs) different things that I wrote on my notes. Uh, I said, uh, what did I have here? Cornette, not easy pickings on defense. He's the guy that's, I think is going to do all right. Uh, there was the play I wanted. Oh, that's what I wanted to point out. The, uh, RJ Barrett trying to like. Cook that that play is just hilarious. That's all. That's really awesome. We can even end it on that. R.J. Barrett trying to like ISO just like dazzle, get get his way through Cornette, and ends up just hucking the ball at the rim. I got to find that clip and make a gift of that because I think that's going to be kind of up there. Yeah, with NBA gifts this year, if we want to try to get a little uh, <laughs> highlight reel for the NBA going. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got nothing really. Old. I think we covered a lot of it. I think uh, you know. You know, one game, don't overreact one way or the other. But either way, it's just good, yeah. to, have, good to have Celtic basketball back. Oh. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Friday. It's probably going to freaking take a few years <laughs> off my life. Same way tonight did, but yeah. um, we're sickos. I think if you're a fan, if you're a fan of this team for the last few years, you just got to kind of be a sicko. Um, exactly. You know, a glutton for the pain. So I'm looking forward to Friday and looking forward to another show on Friday too. 100%. I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, that pretty much does it. The only thing I want to add that I said on the last, on the season preview, and I will probably say every game, but um, don't take Mike Gorman for granted. It yeah. is just so good to hear his voice um, and to have him there. And, you know, we, we know this is last year. It's great to have him on the road in New York, but we don't know how many games we'll be getting. We don't know what it'll be like. So just, uh, I, I like the new guy. too. Well, he had a good bonk moment in the game too. He did. Ali was like, "Oh, the mixing things, it up with Abby. Abby." Abby's like, "Oh, the things, uh, the things you've seen, Mike." And he's like, "Oh yeah, can't even things the things you can't talk about too." I just, yeah, I would love to, uh, you know, get no. Out what he was yes, that's another. I, I, you know, Gorman. Talk about a guy who, who deserves his flowers uh, while he's still here. So, Absolutely. I mean, I'm excited about Drew Carter, but let's not rush it. Let's enjoy every game and every minute of Gorman we get because uh, we are we. Probably don't know how lucky we are to have had a true, true legend in every sense of the word in our lives so consistently for you you and I for our entire lifetimes and uh, even longer than that. So I 
think that's a, a good note that I will probably bring up uh, after every game that he announces because I just Fair love the guy play. so much. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, that'll be our first recap in the book. Again, Celtics 1-0, first place in the East. Uh, with that huge 108-104 win against the Knicks. We will be joining you after every Celtics game. That's the plan with other podcasts, of course, mixed in. So, as always, thanks for joining us, Chuddy Heads. We always appreciate it. And we will be back on Friday, win or lose, hopefully win. We hope to see you again. All right. For dugouts, I'm King Chuddy. Good to be here. Go Seas. <laughs>